People hear the mission and they wonder why I bother Engaging in the industry, I'm representing proper No matter where I go, I know I'm covered by the father Better know that I would never sell my soul for a dollar, yeah Hearing people say they're down for whatever Sacrifice that they sold for temporary pleasure People get exposed under pressure Show me your schedule and your wallet and I'll show you what you treasure, yeah Hey, what's going on everybody? My name is Jason and I will be your host of the Man to Man podcast Just want to tell you how excited I am to finally be here I have been preparing for, praying about, and planning for this podcast for the last couple of months. Was back and forth. Should I do it? Should I not? Should I wait? Am I ready? You know, dancing around it. And had a friend of mine, very much like a spiritual father, say that he had been praying for me. And I guess God has made it very clear that it is time for me to move forward. So, here we are. Now, just as a disclaimer, I want to say this on the front end, that... We're going to talk honestly on this show. I am a no BS, I don't sugarcoat, patty cake type of guy. And that's the kind of community that we're going to build. We're just going to be honest. So if you're not ready for that, won't hurt my feelings. See yourself out. Now, being that this is the very first episode, I think it's only right to do a couple of things. Number one, I want to share with you my testimony. I want to give you a little bit of my background and my story so that you have an understanding of who I am and what I believe, which will lead me to number two. I want to tell you what it is this podcast is all about. I want to give you the purpose and the mission of the Man to Man podcast. So that's what we're going to do. And being that I am a no BS kind of guy, we're just going to get right to work. So again, my name is Jason. A lot of people know me as Jay Burns. A lot of people just call me Jay. (laughs) Most people know me as Jay Burns. I am a hip-hop artist. I am an owner of the record label Speak Music Group. I've got two kids, one of which is a daughter that just turned 13 the day after my birthday. Super cool. And I have a son who's about to be 15. So I've got two teenagers, (laughs) which is fun and challenging at the same time. And all my parents said amen. (laughs) They know exactly what I'm talking about. So I am originally from Detroit, Michigan, a.k.a. the Motor City. I currently live in Smyrna, Tennessee, if you don't know where that's at. We're right outside of Murfreesboro, and if you don't know where that's at, we're about 30, maybe 40 minutes outside of Nashville, depending upon what route you take. And if you don't know where Nash Vegas, I mean Nashville, Tennessee is, (laughs) then there's not much else I can say. You need to get a map, look at Tennessee, find Nashville. It's not hard to find. (laughs) And in order for you to understand how I ended up where I'm at, what I want to do is give you a little bit of my story, my background, and and hopefully that will give some credibility to the things that we're going to talk about on this podcast. Some of the things that we're going to discuss, number one is faith. If you haven't figured it out already, I am a Jesus-loving, Bible-believing Christian. I believe that God's word is perfect in every way. Jesus is the way, truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by him, and he is the only path to salvation. So let's get that out of the way now. The next thing that we're gonna talk about is family. And because of what I believe as a Christian, I believe the Bible makes it very clear as to what a family is supposed to look like. So we're gonna talk about that. Another thing that we're gonna talk about is, brace yourself, freedom, aka politics. Not something I'm going to shy away from because I believe that as a Christian, you need to learn how to engage with the political sphere. So we're going to talk about that. If you're not mature enough to have that conversation, 
and to disagree respectfully with other believers, again, this is probably not the show in the community for you. So not going to hurt my feelings none, but that's what we're going to deal with. So the purpose and the mission of this podcast essentially is I just want to add value to the lives of men and specifically young men, okay? So in order to do that, I'm going to give you a little bit of my story. So my parents divorced when I was maybe two years old, and I moved around a lot as a kid. I lived with my mom until I was 12 years old, and at 12, I moved in with my father, and he was living in Kentucky at the time, and we were there maybe six, seven months before we moved back to Detroit, and I was there with my dad until I think my junior year of high school, sophomore year of high school. I moved back to my mom's. I was there maybe a year and a half, and I got in a lot of trouble my grades were bad, my attitude was bad, and I went right back to Michigan. And so Michigan is where I would consider home because I spent the majority of my life there. I was there every summer, every Christmas break, every spring break. Whenever I had a break from school and I didn't have something to do, I was on a plane headed to Detroit to spend time with my dad. So Michigan is where I consider home. And if you're wondering, yes, I am a massive, massive Michigan fan. When they won the national championship this year, I got super emotional. There's pictures and videos to prove it. (laughs) So shout out to the Maize and Blue. Just going to throw that out there. But when I moved back to Michigan, I would say, I think I went to five different high schools from my freshman to my senior year. And I actually had to do a fifth year of high school. So when I moved back to Michigan, I was doing night school a couple of nights a week, in addition to working a full-time job. Interestingly enough, my dad was my boss. I was a detailer at a Ford body shop um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So I worked a full-time job, did school a couple nights a week just to make sure that I could graduate high school. And that was something that my dad was not going to budge on. You know, my dad was very tough. He didn't play games and he treated all of us kids the same way. This is what we're going to do. This is how things are going to be. I'm not going to budge on that. So I think part of where I get my, you know, stiff upper lip approach to a lot of things, I get that from my old man. So about this time, this is where I started attending a church of God right around the corner from the house. My grandmother went to this church. It was at the time, it was called the Willow Run Church of God. Now they go by Victorious Life. But I started started attending this church when I was, I think I was 16 years old. And I would say that this church is probably where I could pinpoint where my faith journey really started to take shape. And, you know, growing up in a Pentecostal church, and listen, when I say Pentecostal, I'm not talking about snake handling, women can't wear pants. We're not talking about that, Okay. <laughs> They were very charismatic. They were really big on the gifts, tongues, prophecy, healing, all of that. But growing up in that environment, although there was a lot of things that I was exposed to, there's a lot of things that I wasn't. And we'll talk about some of that in a few minutes. And at the time, Pastor Ron and his wife, Colleen Stewart, ran that church. And Pastor Ron was the senior pastor. He had three boys, Tony, Justin, and Ronnie. And Justin was my youth pastor. So him and his wife, Jamie, spent a lot of time discipling me as well as other teenagers. And I probably spent four or five, maybe six years with them. And they had a massive impact in my life. 
and specifically Justin and Jamie, because at the time I looked at their life and it was everything that I wanted my life to look like. And what I mean is Justin specifically was the first time that I had ever seen Christian husband, father, pastor, ministry leader up close in that way. And his influence and impact in my life can never be um, overemphasized. I think God used him in a very profound way, even to this day. And at one point, I even worked for Ronnie, helping him plan a church in Tampa. So that family has been a part of my life for a long time. And so looking back, I spent five, maybe six years serving under and being discipled by Justin and his wife, Jamie. And I had a ton of respect for their family. And they ended up moving to Florida. And it wasn't too long after that that I took my first position as a youth pastor. And I did the youth pastor thing for five, six years. And if I'm just being honest, I think at some point I just outgrew that. Some of the things that I was experiencing and wanted to talk about as a young man, I I don't think was really appropriate for a youth ministry. (laughs) You know, I, I just think that at that point in my life, it was time for me to do something different. And so I moved to Tennessee to plant a church. This is where I think I really started to grow and develop in my theological understanding of the Bible and how to preach and how to teach and how to be a little bit more effective as a Bible teacher. Because one of the things that you realize when you plant a church is you have to write the doctrinal statement and have to be very, very clear about what you believe and why. So you have to be very articulate in the things you believe about God and the Bible, and you have to be able to defend it well. So I spent a lot of time studying the Bible, researching, digging. I wanted to make sure that I understood who it is that I was, what I believed about Jesus, what I believed about the Bible, and I wanted to make that very, very clear. And in that process, one of the things that I realized is the more I grew my understanding of the Bible— And seeing my convictions grow and change, I ultimately moved away from the church of God because there was a lot of things that they believed that I just didn't. I didn't believe tongues was the initial evidence of a Christian having the Holy Spirit, nor did I believe in females being senior pastors. And there's a few other things, but those things specifically were closed-handed issues for me. And I just, I couldn't rock with that no more. So as I became a little bit more reformed, I moved away from the charismatic slash Pentecostal movement. And today I would consider myself the soft reformed charismatic with a (laughs) seatbelt. And what I mean by that is when I say soft reformed, I believe that the five points of Calvinism still have some value. The five solas obviously have some value, but if you're not fully subscribed to those, it's not something I'm going to divide with you over. You get what I'm saying? Just like when I say charismatic with a seatbelt, I believe in all of the gifts. If you believe in all of the gifts, that's fine. If you believe in tongues as initial evidence, that's fine. It's not something I would divide with you over. It's just not something that I subscribe to fully myself. So that's what I mean by that. Now, during this process, this is where manhood and masculinity really became important to me. Looking back, I realized that this is not something I had really heard a lot about growing up in the denomination that I did. If I'm being honest, I can't think of one sermon, even a Father's Day message, where I had really heard the pastor from the pulpit spend an entire sermon 
speaking to and dealing with the men specifically telling us what biblical masculinity looked like, which I think is more needed now than ever. I remember at one point when I was youth pastoring in Tallahassee, I ran across the sermon by Mark Driscoll, Men in Marriage, and I thought, yo, like this dude is legit. This joint was fire. He was confirming a lot of things that I had always believed about men, women, and marriage. Men being the leader of the home, a wife loving, submitting to, and respecting her husband's leadership. Like this was huge to me. I thought, this is it. Like I am all in on this. So I found myself listening to Mark Driscoll, Matt Chandler, Francis Chan, Craig Groeschel, even getting into a little bit of John Piper. And I know you hear a couple of those names and you're like, they don't all run in the same camp. Yeah, they might not. But here's one thing I learned from them. There was something about the tough, slightly aggressive, in your face, screw your feelings, Bible teaching that just captured my attention and I could not pull myself away from. Because these guys were specifically speaking on male leadership, both at home and within the church. And with where I was at in my life, they were giving a clear-cut example of what I believe the Bible tells us that biblical masculinity should look like. So again, circle back up until this point, this isn't something I had heard a lot about. I had heard a lot about tongues. I had learned a lot about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if I'm being honest, what I've seen for a long time was a real feministic approach to ministry. Here's what I mean. I've seen a ton of women's ministries, a ton of things for teenagers and little kids, nurseries, women that were running churches, but in no way, shape, or form did I see a concerted effort to disciple and train up young men to be good, godly men whatsoever. It was nowhere to be found. It didn't exist. And at the time, because of the culture that I grew up in, I didn't think nothing of it. I was just used to doing whatever it was that I was doing at the time. Didn't think much of it until I became a grown man and I thought, I really need to have an understanding of what it looks like to live out biblical masculinity in every area of my life. So this will help bring me back to the reason why I'm doing this podcast in the first place. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this, be watchful, stand firm in the faith and act like men, be strong. And it finishes by saying, let all that you do be done in love. Now I want you to think about two phrases, stand firm in your faith and act like men. There's a lot of churches that don't talk about this and it's a problem. And here's why I decided that it was time for me to do this podcast. I believe that men, especially here in the United States, are in crisis. There was an attack on men and masculinity unlike anything I have ever seen in my entire life. Let me give you some data to support that statement, okay? In 2021, there were 48,183 suicides. In 2022, they broke these numbers down and said that 39,255 of suicides were men compared to only 10,194 that were women. And in 2023, that number grew to over 50,000 suicides. And of them, 80% were found to be men. 
69.6 of those were white, middle-aged, blue-collar men. That is a conversation for a completely different day. But here's what I want you to think about, and this is probably going to be the first heavy-handed statement that I've made. We live in a culture today that demonizes and all but dehumanizes strong, masculine, and certainly godly masculine men, saying that they're too aggressive, that they're toxic, and that's all you ever hear. But don't you dare speak on the shortcomings of the overly independent, selfish, stubborn, promiscuous, smart-alecky woman, because if you do that, you're misogynistic. You're not allowed to do that. We can talk about all the shortcomings of men and take a sledgehammer to every dude that you know and every problem that we have, but don't you dare talk about the shortcomings of a woman. I believe that is contributing to the problem. And here's what I believe. It's a bold statement, I know, but this is the truth. Society, a healthy society and culture is built by strong men with a wife and kids to feed. Listen to these numbers. Without a father in the home, children are 200% more likely to have mental and behavioral health issues. They are 400% more likely to grow up in poverty and 500% more likely to have a medical and emotional disorder. So in a culture that does nothing but beat up men, it would seem like men are the solution to a lot of our problems. But we'll talk about that again another day. There's another demographic I want to tell you about. And this one, if I'm being honest, pisses me off the most. This one is called NILFs. I don't call them men. I call them guys because they're certainly not men. But NILF stands for not in labor force. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. An entire demographic and generation of guys who are not looking for work, don't have a job, and have no interest in trying to figure out a career path. They're living at home with their parents, dependent upon them and the government to take care of them. Lazy and irresponsible. You know, looking back over my life, while my father wasn't perfect and no dad or parent ever is, one of the things that my dad did teach me was the idea of having a really good work ethic. Some sort of self-respect and independence in that you can make a living, stand on your own two feet and take care of yourself and not have to depend on someone else to take care of you. My dad had a body shop when I was a kid and at 12, 13 years old, I was wet sanding and buffing and detailing cars, making a little bit of money on the weekends. And it was a really, really good feeling to go to the shop on Saturdays, make a little bit of cash, walk in the church on Sunday with 25, 50 bucks in my pocket. I felt great about myself, if I'm being honest. When I was 16 years old, I got my first part-time job working at Taco Bell while I was still in school. So even as a young man, I, I had an idea and a sense of dignity, self-respect and independence to where if I wanted something, I was going to work for it and I was going to get it. It's just how I was raised. Let me say this specifically to the young men, Okay. One of the first things that you can do to have some dignity, some self-respect, to earn the respect of other people is to go out, get a freaking job, be independent and responsible for yourself, take care of yourself, and depend upon nobody else but yourself. It's the very first thing that you can do. 
outside of giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, the very next thing that you can do is to go out and get a freaking job and take care of yourself. Let me take it a step further. Most men that I meet eventually find a woman that they fall in love with, want to get married to, and have children with. Well, who's going to take care of them? How about instead of voting for some goofy socialist that you can depend upon to overtax other people to take care of you because you're lazy and irresponsible, you go get a job and you take care of them. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight says, if a man cannot provide for the needs of his family, he is denied to faith and worse than an unbeliever. Think about that for a minute. If you can't take care of yourself, how in the world can you take care of a wife, let alone children and animals if you have them? Because guess what? Animals got to eat too. I've got two dogs. Trust me. They come with a monthly bill. <laughs> but you want to get married. You want to have kids. You want to build a life and have a legacy. You got to freaking go to work. You got to generate some revenue. You got to have an income so that you can take care of them. I would go so far as to say, how can you expect a woman and children to respect you and follow your leadership if you're freaking lazy, irresponsible, and dependent upon other people. If you're not even willing to go out, get a job, and lay yourself on the line every day to provide for or take care of them, how do you expect them to respect you and follow your leadership? Walking them right off the cliff. And let me just throw this out there for you young men. Trauma has become a trend, an excuse for you to sit around, be lazy and irresponsible, dependent and stupid. Vaping, playing video games, watching porn. It's an excuse. It's time to grow up, give your life to the Lord Jesus and figure out what it is he wants from you. So what is man to man? We're gonna talk like the old saying, man to man. We're gonna be honest. We're gonna talk about discipline and discipleship. We're gonna talk about integrity. We're going to talk about honor. We're going to talk about all of the things that God expects us to do as men. God has given us a responsibility as men, and we're going to talk about that. And here's where we're going. I believe that based off my own experiences throughout the times that I have had in different churches and things that I have experienced in my life, that men oftentimes are treated like just another spoke on the wheel. When in fact, the Bible makes it very clear, we are the foundation. We are the hub of the family, of the church. And here would be my challenge to all of you today. If the church of Jesus Christ is not training up young men to be good, strong, godly, masculine leaders, if we are not discipling men, then who is? The Manosphere, Andrew Tate, I could go on and on. If the church isn't stepping up to disciple young men, who in the world is? I believe at times we have failed in this area. And I believe that God is calling me to pick up the slack where I can. To call out young men to be better men because believe me when I tell you that you are far more important and needed than you think you are far more than what culture would have you believe. And we're going to talk about that. 
So I'm going to end this first episode by saying this. I don't claim to be an expert on marriage, on parenting, on life in general. I don't claim to be a know-it-all, nor do I have all the answers. But here's what I can say. I believe that I have went through enough at this point in my life that I have some things that I can share with you that'll add some value to your life. And for you young men, maybe help you and keep you from stepping on some landmines so that you don't blow yourself to smithereens. I truly believe that it is far greater to be proactive teaching, training, and developing men than it is to be reactive and try to help men put their lives back together after everything has fallen apart. I'd rather do the former. We're going to build up, train, and develop young men to be good, strong, masculine, godly men. That is what we are about. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Share the podcast with your friends. We're going to be talking about some really good stuff coming up. I'm going to have some information about our socials on the next episode, so be on the lookout for that. Thank you guys for tuning in today. I will see you next time. Grace and peace. But I once was told the prettiest people do the ugliest things For the cars, for the ice, for the rings And they want to get it by any means But it don't take away all the pain that it brings Oh no, no I know what my worth is Through him I am worth it To be on the surface My life has been purchased